0: Welcome back to the DC3Cast. I'm Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. We're here to talk about DC Comics, specifically the DC Comics released last Wednesday, March 16th, 2017. If you haven't read them yet, pause the podcast, read them, and then come back for our uh, insight and opinions about them. So we're going to start with part three of Superman Reborn, Superman number 19, written by Peter Tomasi and Patrick Leeson and illustrated by Patrick Leeson. Um... There's something that Vince texted us about this issue that I want to get to eventually. But let's talk about the issue itself first. What did you guys think of this?
1: I don't really know what happened.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Vince?
2: Um, Mr. Mixus Pidlick looked like um, uh, The Grinch like he had that grinchy yeah. Chuck Jones grinch, grinchy Yeah.
1: Smile. Yeah, this is a uh, Gleason <laughs> getting to, to stretch the that kind of like horror is not the right the right word but like almost kind of like do you, you remember um especially in his Green Lantern core um he would draw some like really freaky stuff.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like Crib um the, that yellow lantern who would keep the babies in her in her, on the cage oh, in her yeah. back, um, and yeah, his his is uh kind of channeling some of that weird creepiness,
2: yeah. But yeah, as far as the actual like plot of the issues is concerned, I I guess I agree with Zach. Like, I understand what it's trying to do. Um, it's trying to. Explain to us, the reader, how how Flashpoint split the Supermans up into two continuities or something like that. Maybe,
0: yeah. Maybe, <laughs> yeah.
2: It doesn't really explain it, but like it it throws a lot of that type of thing at you and just expects you to go along with it. And I'm sure we've talked about this before. That's kind of my least favorite things that comics do. Like I love continuity and I love I love characters and stories and and various universes and earths linking together, but I don't need I'm really not a fan when of when a storyline's purpose seems to be to show you how the sausage was made, you know? Yeah like I was fine just accepting that there was a pre-flashpoint superman and there was a post-flashpoint superman and that superman was dead now and we're back with the old one and we were just going to go forward and I didn't need to know how the sausage was made. And I feel I don't like... think you
0: gain anything from knowing how this particular sausage is made either.
2: No, you don't. I, I you don't. You don't. I mean there was cool art and that was about it. Like I don't need um yeah, I don't know. This whole exercise just isn't. I I thought what Rebirth was doing with Superman was kind of ingenious, and now all of a sudden, like this storyline almost seems like This is now reminding me of like the Spider-Man, uh, not Clone Saga, but like the Clone. There was like an early Spider-Man story. Early's a relative term it was probably in the somewhere in the hundreds okay where where Peter ended up throwing his clone into a smokestack or something
0: <laughs> as one does
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean basically it was the same concept as this, like all of a sudden there was another Peter Parker running around and they spent an inordinate amount of time trying to explain how this could have happened. And in the end he ended up falling into a smokestack and like not being heard of again until Dan slot got him out or something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly how it went, but it's really reminding me of that. Just kind of this like interminable thing that, that, you know, this is a really remarkable series and it just doesn't need to do this. You know, these, these, these were great Superman stories before we started, Trying to reckon with the fact that there have been multiple versions of the character, you know.
0: Well, all right. Can I ask a, a potentially dumb question? Sure. At the end of this, this issue, is save space for potentially <laughs> dumb questions. Okay. At the I'm end of this, I'm a huge dumbass. At the end of this issue, it appears that the New Fifty Two Superman and Lois, like essentially. They recreate the end of being John Malkovich, and they, like, go into the open portal, and now we're like, we are Malkovich, right? Like, there's now, like, two Superman... There's, like, there's, the essence of the pre-Flashpoint Superman and Lois have been, like, eaten up and absorbed by the current... I'm sorry, let me re- the New 52 Superman and Lois have been, like, absorbed by the pre-Flashpoint Superman and Lois, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to kind of see? Is that what happened? Because so I, hold on, I
1: didn't take it like that at first, but now I do think that that is what it is.
0: Maybe. For, I, I, I have to say the worst thing Peter Tomasi's ever written. So bad, I think that Dan Jurgens wrote it. Is the last line of the issue, the Deja New Fifty Two? <laughs> that is the worst thing anyone's ever written. That's terrible. It's better um, than.
2: It's worse than Fifty Sue.
0: It is worse than fifty Sue. I will say that. Well, I don't know about that.
2: So Just anyways, wait, we're gonna we're gonna get fifty Sue rebirth, and and Mister Mixes Pidlock's gonna say deja fifty Sue.
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, we got trended, We got um, Pandora rebirth this week. So, oh uh, we'll we'll get to that in a bit. No, this
1: I, not to like tip our hand too much, but like this was new fifty t new fifty two Redux week. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways it was in a You're big right, way. Like. Yeah.
1: At least, like, I'm thinking of, like, four books off the top of my head, including this one.
0: Yeah, but does that now make sense? Like, it seemed to me like, like Where, Superman...
2: Where's the absorption part happening? I'm not really seeing that. So,
1: so there's, like, on the page before the last page, there's, like, the big explosion of red en- energy. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, And then... So, I thought that this was actually the New 52 Clark and Lois, but... Lois is like wearing the same clothes and like we see both of them like falling. Right. Yeah. I'm kind of seeing it the way Brian is describing it, where I guess like that wave of red energy hits them and they, he like turns into new 52 Superman. (sighs) Which like, I wanted to say like, so, you know, we've, I do think that this reveal of, like, the red energy, blue energy thing is really... Dumb? No, I was going to say, like, <laughs> okay. kind of cool. because, Well, just because, like, it's been, like, a bit of misdirection, I think, because, you know, we've had, like, the red energy that, like, gave Lana her powers and has, like, been, like, a thing was kind of just, like, innocuous. Like, you wouldn't really think about, like, oh, this red energy. And then we've had, like, the hints, like, in the Superman annual with, like, the blue energy. And I think I was kind of, like, leaning towards, like, oh, Dr. Manhattan something. I think that's kind of what you were maybe, like, that was, like, the blue herring, you know, there. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: Um, But now, like, they're kind of tying it into, like, the Superman blue, Superman red thing. um, Which I think is, like, kind of interesting. Yeah. just and i i mean it's a it's a cool use of something from superman's history i guess in in a way that i like wasn't expecting
0: now so here's my question okay i believe it was in the um dc universe rebirth issue where mr oz Essentially, tell a Superman like you're not what you appear to be, right? Isn't that that was that in that issue?
1: Yeah, that does happen in there. I can't remember the exact wording. Right. fact check, real quick.
0: Do you think he's just telling them like you're not what you think you are? Neither was he, because you're each just half of the Superman mojo. I'm sure that's it now. And I feel like that's a huge. I don't want to say it's a letdown because I really didn't care in the first place. <laughs> but I just feel like that was building up to be this like really interesting mystery. And I feel like this is not a very interesting explanation of that. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Like Zach, I know what you're saying. I think it's a cool idea to reuse that aspect of, you know,
0: uh, what was that? The nineties or they I mean, well, there no, was... Superman blue and and red back in like the '60s. I want to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so, but I, I mean, it's it's. It, I think
2: you know to to dredge that up and and reuse it again because it's a thing that's been around for decades and decades is is a good idea. I just so like what now we're <laughs> now it's like. New Fifty Two Superman and Lois. I mean, even if they even if they were absorbed by the pre Flashpoint Superman and Lois, we like what's gonna happen? He's running around in New 52's costume now, or what? You know, I don't know. Kind understand. of
1: makes the whole thing moot if, yeah. if that is what happens,
2: right? And then what 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 do you do with Jonathan? Because he's is... <laughs> not theirs <laughs> well know?
1: okay so like you do you want to get into the superwoman stuff because
0: yes okay so that, just,
1: that kind of alludes that maybe he is
2: so, so uh, see see and if, it, if that would have come after this i might have
0: i don't so anyway, know so vince texted uh zach and i yesterday and said that um did you guys notice that Superwoman last week completely spoiled Superman for this week, and because we're sitting here not really sure what happened, I don't know how much it actually spoiled it versus just like it. It certainly had a lot to do with this issue and introduced concepts like the fact of Superman and Lois being different than everyone else in terms of like I don't know their energies, whatever bullshit. You 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 know what I'm saying? Like I I, you know I don't know if uh, if I'd call it spoiling it, but it certainly did address those issues before the crossover itself had the ability to deal with that, those issues. Um, so what were you going to say, Zach, about the, but Jonathan in regards to that?
1: Um, uh, I need to pull up the issue, but like, there's a a thing where, hold on, let me just find the issue. You guys can.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I guess. so Vince, if you didn't think that it was an absorption situation, what did you think happened at the end of the issue?
2: I just thought that that was the new fifty-two versions of the characters coming back, and that like i didn't I didn't see the absorption part. I thought like the pre Flashpoint ones were still there. It was just you didn't see them in the in that final
0: page. I mean, I know? hope that's the case. Yeah, because that means that those characters can still be done away with, or. Handled better than just like being eaten by <laughs> by by the pre Flashpoint versions or whatever, you know. Um
2: Yeah, I just think. Okay, I found
1: it. Um, all right, lay it on us. So Lois says it's not us, and this is uh this is the ghost pre New Fifty Two Lois. No, she no says, sorry, the
0: ghost Fifty Two Lois, right?
1: No, ghost pre New Fifty Two Lois. No, sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're uh, that's what I meant. And I know what you mean. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, uh, so, isn't this the problem? This, is, yeah, the problem. this, this is, is the problem. This is
0: precisely the problem.
1: Yeah, Ghost New 52 Lois. Uh it's not us that's so important, Lana. It's our son. Then Lana says, "But you don't have a son." The other versions of you do. Oh, I understand now. And then hm. the, it's left at that.
0: <sighs> I wish I understood now. Yeah. Yeah. What I to be fair, when I read that last week, I thought what she was saying was that like that the pre flashpoint. Sorry, this is so fucking confusing. That the new fifty two Superman and Lois had to come back because they hadn't had their son yet, and that was the important thing. Like they had to they had to return to to essentially. Like birth Jonathan into the world because he's important. Whatever they name their son, like into the world because he's important. I took that as like, oh, I understand now. You have to come back because you have to fulfill that mission or whatever, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But none of this makes a lot of sense. So you know, I don't know. I mean, weren't weren't
2: we fine without the Weren't we? Weren't we fine just going forward with old Superman and Lois? Like, wasn't that just great? Well, I don't know a single person who was really about it. We never really moved on,
1: though, is the thing. Like, we were. You're, I, I agree. Like, we would be perfectly fine without that stuff, but we had still never really gotten past it.
2: We didn't from a plot standpoint, but I feel like from an emotional yeah. standpoint, you know? like Yeah. Is there a single person that that after how good the first, you know several arcs of this book have been, is there a person that says, yeah, you know, but I I really want to see new 52 Superman get his day. You know, I, I just, and maybe there are, but to me, that's not what's interesting about Superman. That's not what was great about the first 18 issues of this or
0: whatever, you right. know, I, uh, I mean we are in that in that weird place now where it seems like we know what this crossover is and we seem like we know what the end game is but next week could completely change what we do especially cuz the ending is so ambiguous yeah. that we could be making a, a mountain out of a molehill here but it just seems to me like what I was so hoping from rebirth specifically with Superman was putting some of this shit to bed And just letting them tell the stories that work best for Superman. And I think that everybody, everybody would admit that the pre-Flashpoint Superman just feels more like Superman. It just felt more like a Superman book. Everybody was happy because the Superman book we've wanted for so long was finally back. I don't know anybody who was like, yeah, but why can't we have a more like, uh, who was writing, uh, that terrible. Oh, more like Scott Lobdell wrote him. Like nobody was fucking saying that. <laughs> Everybody was totally happy with Superman being the pre-Flashpoint version. Yeah. Now I'm hot.
2: <laughs> and I guess the other thing is, um, they, they they, if they come out of this, and it's just like New Fifty Two Superman and Lois with. Um with john with with John and the original uh Superman and Lois absorbed within them aren't you like aren't you then like getting rid of tons of history that made the two characters great that made those characters like being with those characters again great, and all this emotional buildup that you had between John and who you thought were his parents and and now that almost feels like a cop-out or or a fake.
0: I don't think they're going to take John away from those versions of Lois and Clark.
2: So you think they're still going to be around?
0: I think that it's going to be presented as exactly what I said before. Like They have absorbed the other Lois and Clark, and they're somehow both. So everything with John is still there. The emotion is all still there. It's just that there's also like memory of uh, you know, when Superman lost his powers and had a bad haircut and a black t shirt. Like all that stuff's gonna just be part of it now so that they can more easily reference that stuff. Which is yeah. so dumb because half of like any Superman interaction that's taken place outside of the Superman or bat or action comics book itself, has been other characters saying how weird it is that he's not the same Superman. Exactly. So, so they're gonna have to undo all of that again.
2: Right. That, this Batman's gonna have to, like, look into his soul and be like, wait, you are the Clark that I know. Yeah. And
0: also, you're not. Yeah.
2: You know. Essentially,
0: and then, this and then, is the beer fest ending again, guys.
2: Right. I mean, we keep bringing that up, but it is. And. And then I just wonder, like, that opens up a whole nother can of worms where it's like, well, why why don't we absorb new fifty two Batman into the old
0: Batman That like, was my next question was that do you think okay so let's take all of this from the position of like a year and a half ago okay when Superman Lois and Clark started the the Jan Durgan's written book about pre-Flashpoint Superman and Lois showing up on this earth. The way I understood it, and maybe I'm just a dum-dum who doesn't understand things, the way I took that was that there was a pre-Flashpoint world that they came from. And so Bruce knew, and Bruce always says, I mean, not Bruce, Clark always says, like, you know, you're a little bit different than the Bruce I knew. So there was like, there was another Batman that he knew.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, like he, yeah, convergence, like all of that. Right,
0: exactly. So, so it's not like they can just turn around and be like, "Oh, the Superman energy was split, but nobody else's was." <laughs> right. Or, or they're saying, "Well, everyone's energy is split," and so every now over the next few years, each well, character is going to walk in the room a little bit di- differently, and someone's going to be like, "Pre-Flashpoint, you, you know?" <laughs> Doesn't it's like- it
1: kind of almost seem like we're heading into or towards like? Not quite Reboot, but, like, we're heading into some, like, major reconfiguring territory for, like, I think, all of DC.
2: Yeah, it's almost, I, I would say it's like a Deboot. Yeah. You know, like... Like, just a lot of stuff that's happening Copyright in the
0: 2017, DC Deboot.
2: <laughs> yep, d-boot. Well, let's do that. Mark that, put a timestamp on yep. it, Brian. Dan uh
1: long gestating sequel to Reboot.
0: You finally see my long game.
2: <laughs> you're you're a genius, Zach. You're, you're amazing. Um, no, but like, I can imagine. I can imagine them doing this for Superman, and then having this be the springboard. What if this entire rebirth? So rebirth is a two-year story, right? Right. That we're heading into year two of right now. Uh, you,
0: yeah, we're we're about to begin the second year in I guess like late May, early June.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So what if? the entire end game for rebirth the two-year arc is that it does like we've seen it happen with superman right now a year a year in almost but it's eventually going to do that for the entire pre-flashpoint post-flashpoint dcu combining them in exactly the same way but not not each in like their own individual comics it'll just be like an event comic where like all right, at the end, you realize that everybody is one and the same. And and that quote-unquote 10 years that they were robbed of wasn't really 10 years of the post-Flashpoint each character's lives. It was a seeming 10 years that was pulled out simply by virtue of whoever the agent of chaos is splitting them into that's splitting them happens. each into two versions. And those are going to get sewed up by the end of this. Does that yeah, make sense?
1: So, Yeah. I mean, it does, but
2: what if that's like, we'll, we'll say Dr. Manhattan for now, but like it might not even have anything to do with Watchmen by the time this is said and done. But like, what if the person who meddled was Dr. Manhattan and he went to go create life somewhere like he said he was going to. And how he did that was he borrowed, he split all these DCU characters in half and, you know, essentially borrowed versions of them for
0: the new 52. That just seems so antithetical to how Jeff Johns writes comics. Right? Yeah. I mean, I agree. But, like,
2: wh- what are we doing here otherwise? Well, okay.
0: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying that I'm being a Pollyanna at the moment, but <laughs> I think that next issue could could render all of this moot. So I, I just I want to say that we don't know exactly that's what's happening here. But yeah. let me just let let me flash forward a year and a half from now, okay? Let's pretend that Vince, you were um you were at a Packers game, and a field goal hit you in the head, and you were in a coma for two years, okay? <laughs> And so you woke up and you're like, "What did I miss in DC Comics?" And in <laughs> the s- first thing he says, "Of course, he calls us up. What's <laughs> what did I miss in DC Comics?" And instead of explaining to you the mach- oh, and then this happened, by the way, pre Rebirth, right? And instead of explaining to you the machinations of Rebirth, Zach and I just say like, "Well, everyone is back to the way they were, but they didn't forget Flashpoint. It's like the best of both worlds, where right? all that experience matters and counts." You'd uh-huh. say like, "Oh, that's pretty good." I I would I would say hey I thought they were going to do that with convergence. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well played sir. But but like but that idea isn't a bad idea. It's the stupidest fucking way to go about that idea. Yeah. But I think that at the end of the 2 years if that leads to being able to have Justice Society stories again and Shazam stories again and and also have Super Sons and all that, like to me, that's a worthwhile, if incredibly dumb, path to get there.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I don't know. They're they're really building up Superman as like the like, foundation, like the cornerstone of the DC universe. Which, I mean, he is like figuratively, but they're like making it seem literal.
2: Yeah. Actually,
1: more specifically, like, Clark and Lois.
2: Yeah. Which is an interesting way to go about it. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but, um... Again, like, there's there's so much from pre-Flashpoint that, like...
0: Well, I, I can't see them just... Doing away with that stuff for two reasons. Okay, I'm I'm just, I'm thinking this through out loud right now. The first is Wally West. The fact that we have another character who remembers something of that missed time—not necessarily the pre-flashpoint stuff, but miss but like remembers that time. Because to me, Wally is the interesting case here, where where Wally is, he's not the pre-flashpoint Wally but he remembers the time that was lost. And I think it was, I know I certainly at first thought that when they meant the time that was lost, they meant essentially Flashpoint. But he's talking about something different because the stuff that they're flashing back to in Titans is not supposed to be the pre-Flashpoint Earth. It's this Earth before those 10 years were taken away. And I feel like there's just there's more to that story than than we we are currently being you know shown. And I can't see Wally just being. I, I I I feel like his his arc has to be more important. Him coming back has to be more important. The other thing is, I really think it would be incredibly dumb and short sighted of them to quote kill the new fifty two Superman. Only to bring him back less than a year later. Because nobody said he's gone. This isn't killing Superman in action. in Superman number 75 in 1993. Where people were like weeping reading that comic. This isn't that situation. Nobody gives a shit about about New 52 Superman. They don't. Killing him off doesn't require bringing him back. So I don't know why they would do that. Unless it was part of a... I guess a more important... Maybe, maybe... Fuck. Maybe this is what is happening. I don't know. Next week's going to be an interesting podcast, guys.
1: It will be. There's a preview up for next week's action.
0: It doesn't help said, anything.
2: It could be even more... Uh, frustrating, though. You know? I... Uh...
0: I don't want to say all of my hopes were pinned on Superman, but if Superman's bad now, I don't know how to feel, guys. (laughs) I don't think
1: Superman is bad. I think, I think it's still good.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean,
2: it's gonna, it's gonna come out of this. Um, it's gonna come out of this, and it's still gonna be written by, Tomasi, and it's still gonna be drawn by Gleason and Monkey. So, like, they're gonna go back to telling regular stories again. But but man, they had a good thing going that didn't need to be messed with. Well, that's also just like
1: Superboy Prime.
0: <laughs> I am not convinced Mr. Oz is Superboy Prime, by the way.
1: You're I...
2: not convinced? No, or are you?
0: I, I am convinced Mr. Oz. Oh, okay. I, I have to hold on to this, guys. <laughs> He's
2: got to be. Ha- I don't know about that. I I don't believe that anymore either.
1: Somebody has to be Superboy Prime.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's you, dear reader.
1: Now you're getting into superpowers. <laughs> yeah, I was
0: gonna say. I actually emailed Tom Shioli today and said I probably can't afford it, but how much for that page? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So That's all. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, you're the man. No, I'm not. <laughs> I can't afford that page. <laughs> if I could afford that page, I'd be the man. I can't afford that page, I'm sure. Alright, well let's talk about something happier, guys. Let's we spent about... a long time on that book. <laughs> we spent almost a half hour on that one really weird book. Um, let's get to Batwoman number one, written by Marguerite Bennett and James Tynion on the fourth, illustrated by Steve Epting. Um this is more of what I was looking forward to with Rebirth. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. We we I'm gonna i just gonna like open up um And say we are like in a new golden age of Batman books, I think, which is like so.
0: (laughs) With one major, except for the flagships,
1: I would say two
0: exceptions. We'll get to that in a bit too.
1: Yeah, all but like all of the non-flagship Batman books that
0: aren't Batgirl and the Birds of Prey.
1: Well, I don't think that I wouldn't consider that. Well, okay, yeah, you're right. I give, yeah, okay,
0: but 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 Um, let's, let's let's run it down. Batwoman, Batgirl, Nightwing, Super Sons. Yep. Detective Comics. Detective. I would say Teen Titans is better than it's been in a very long time. Uh huh. With Damien at the head. Titans can be okay when, uh, when Brett Boots on vacation. Red Hood and the Outlaws is acceptable. It is acceptable, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, Batwoman's good.
1: Batwoman is really good.
0: Were either of you guys as excited as I was when I saw that Julia Pennyworth was her, like, uh, Alfred? Yeah. That was pretty- yeah! It's been a while
1: since we've seen her. Yeah. Yeah, I, like... This issue is just really good. In I'm game- to find it...
0: Oh, it, go ahead. I was gonna say it, it gave a bunch of like this is such a great first issue because it you know, if you skip the rebirth issue, it establishes everything you need to know about the character, but it it didn't spend a lot of time going through Kate's history. You know, it kind of drops you right into the beginning of a story, it introduces her supporting cast in a fun way, it gives you a little bit of, of it gives you that one story like of her time on the on um Coriana, mm-hmm. but it it wasn't. It didn't feel like it was just an info dump of an issue. There was a lot of action. Steve Epting's art is gorgeous. Oh man! Um, like, what's not to love about this issue?
2: Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like it looks like an issue of Velvet, you know? Yeah. Um, what I'm gonna say I mean, is mean, like this, really ab- this, Oh, go
0: sorry. go ahead. No, go ahead. Vince, finish up first. You finish. You finish, Yeah. I was
2: just gonna say like this issue to me proves that. Um, there's no reason why superhero comics have to be second class citizens to like image books or, you know, like image crime, like your average image crime book, you know? Yeah. I mean, this, this looks and sounds just as good as any one of those, um, types of books. I mean, it looks, uh, there's some epic pages here. Zach, what were you going to say?
1: Um, I don't really, like, know how to back this up, because this is, like, a really, like, abstract statement, but this feels like, to me, this issue feels like the first issue of just one of those, like, really seminal runs that we got in, like, the mid to late 2000s. There's just something about it, something about, like, the way that you guys described it, like, the way it sets up, you know, the supporting cast, you just kind of, like, jump in. It it just has this feel of something really special to me. Like I feel like we could look back at this series in in you know say twenty thirty issues and just be like, man, that was that was something, you know.
0: Yeah. I think it's also, um, and maybe this is just kind of me talking here, but I feel like. Batwoman is a character that was new since all of us have been reading comics, and there's something about seeing a character that is still you know, like less than a decade old, probably right. When when was fifty two?
1: Uh oh, oh, five oh six. Okay,
0: maybe. so a little bit more than a decade old, right? I have now like essentially three really good runs, and I know, I know it's early to call this a really good run, but her Detective Comics run is you know tops. Her new fifty two stuff was very good, and now this, I just feel like it's it's um, it's rewarding to see a character that maybe, you know, we all appreciate legacy characters. You know, I'm kind of obsessed with them, and seeing she's not really a legacy character, but she is in a way. You know, she's she's part of this extended family, and she's, she's a character that I think readers of our general age group really appreciate because she's stuck around and there aren't many characters from 11 or 12 years ago that were introduced that are as major players as she is today.
1: It's
2: because yeah. she's good at fell swooping. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Marguerite Bennett is... Um, I, I feel great for her. Um, you know, because I've always liked her work and she's really shining here too. I mean, they don't... Yeah, I think the only thing I've read from her that I haven't liked is when she got saddled with the Joker's daughter, which had to have been an accident.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? boy Joker's daughter.
2: <laughs> that ha- that has nothing to do with her.
0: <laughs> what if she was the uh, fake Clark?
2: God, what if she's Mr. Oz?
0: <laughs> Don't joke. Don't joke. That'd be twisted. Yeah, It would be. It'd be. <laughs> Uh, Anything else to say about this issue? Mm. No. Alright, let's talk about Super Sons. Super Sons number two, written by Pete Tomasi, illustrated by Jorge Jimenez. Um, this is the main reason why I don't want New 52, Lois, and Clark back. Because <sighs> I love this John so much. And I love this John's relationship with his father so much.
2: Yep. This book is incredible. I mean, this is This book is...
1: might be better than Superman, maybe.
2: It has this the potential book... to be This might be the best DC book
0: <laughs> right now. I'd go that far. I I might be right there with you. I don't know if I'd go quite that far cuz Deathstroke is out there, but this is pretty close. It's just
1: uh, so good.
2: Jorge Jimenez's art is just so dynamic, you know? There's, like, there's like so much movement to it and so much expression. There's not a single panel wasted. I could never imagine him trying to take shortcuts. You know, he's always trying to do something in every panel that's interesting. And... Some of this stuff just looks iconic, almost. You know, like, like the image of of Damien and John walking into that dark room, and Damien's got the flashlight. Like, that's that's like an iconic image, almost. You know, yeah, <laughs> of the two of them.
0: It's funny because I I think everybody would admit that Gleason has drawn. To this point, the definitive version of both Damien and John, but I feel like this might his John especially I feel like might be the new gold standard for what John Kent's supposed to look like, yeah,
1: I'd only take umbrage with that because I think quietly draws the definitive Damien
0: okay oh that's <laughs> okay, that's fair that's fair,
2: that's true, yeah, 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 oh i gotta I wanna go back and read those.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking how I want to do a deep dive into the Morrison, Batman, and Robin oh, one of these so days. That. Well, if, a- if Rebirth pisses us off so much we stop reading them, then we can finally <laughs> go back and do all of these deep dives you want to do. <laughs> yeah. But no, this is, this is a great example of what Rebirth was supposed to be all about. Mm-hmm. Focus on legacy... Focusing young characters, giving creators that really fit the characters these books. It's just so good.
1: Oh, and Lex is good in this. Lex is so good. Lex is
0: good everywhere other than Action Comics.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe not Trinity.
0: uh, We'll get to that.
2: And Uh, I I love that their villain is Kid Amazo.
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh, Oh,
1: man. And, like, how well did they sell that, too? Like... When they walk into the room and, and see see what's happened, like John's reaction is just,
2: oh yeah, abject yeah. horror, yeah. Oh, that was. I'm glad you mentioned that, Zach. That was an incredible moment. Like, da- Damien's just like, you know, if I've seen this once, I've seen it a million times. Yeah, and but it's John seeing a major tragedy tragedy like that for, you know, essentially the first time in his life.
0: And Damien's yeah. reaction to John was great, too. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of took him and was like, you know, it's okay, we're going to get through this. You know, a very not-Damien reaction, but one that still felt very true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's it, it was good, because, yeah, like, I think we're all kind of desensitized to that kind of thing in terms of, like, comics, you know? Like, people get decapitated all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong, but yeah, this book is, this book is special. And that last page is really
2: good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, The, the Superman's creeping behind uh, Damien and Batman creeping behind John. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. That brings us to the wild storm. Number two written by Warren Ellis, illustrated by John Davis hunt. Uh, this issue introduces us to a couple more of the classic Wildstorm characters, while furthering the plot that we saw unfold in the first issue. Um, what do you guys think of this issue?
2: It's a really slow burn, but one that I am enjoying immensely. Um, I mean, if you think about it, like the first five pages of the issue is just. Um, What's her name? Engineer. Yeah, the engineer, like, f- breaking into that Montauk base mm-hmm. and just, like, sitting down and decompressing for a while. And yet that was, like, really effective to me. Like, I, I totally got what they were going for there. Um, it. You know, you're seeing... I, I love the way that... Uh, I love the... the the room to breathe that that sequence got because all right, she's flying over this Island or peninsula or whatever it is. It, this is just like massive scope. And then she lands and then she breaks into this facility using her like wrist blade and then crushes this door and basically forces her way into this room. And then she decompresses to her like human state in this very lonely place and is crying and that like juxtaposition across those five pages of this like incredible power that's within her, and then this like vulnerability at the end—I thought that was a really nice way to open the issue, even if it took five pages to accomplish. You know?
0: Yeah, I was I was cognizant of that too because is this a standard twenty-page comic? It is, right?
1: I think it's a little. I think longer. it's twenty-two.
0: Okay, slightly longer. So you figure like that that sequence is more or less one one hundredth of this entire series, because we know it's a twenty four issue series, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a not insignificant bit of of the of the comic, you know. And I'm impressed with the comic. I feel like for most writers and for most series, if you knew you only had twenty four issues to tell this sort of Overarching big story that's launching this whole universe, there'd be the desire to overstuff each issue, and Ellis doesn't play that. Like, Ellis takes his time with everything, and I really respect that.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, I'm like flipping through this again, and and I'm realizing how much does happen in this issue. Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot happens. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot happens sort of pushing the plot forward wise but no character moves out of the room they're in in the whole issue you're
1: you're right whatever every scene takes place in yeah yeah i I get what you're saying
0: like it's all very deliberate
1: Uh uh-huh and he's he's doing a thing like doom patrol does with the uh the niles calder page only with (laughs) With like a voodoo music video yeah (laughs) I hope I that's think, a thing, like a continuous thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's a key distinction to be made because um I I know I have often complained in the past about how decompressed comics can be, you know? Yeah. And I think I think this this skirts that line a little bit, but I I think there's <laughs> My problem with like a decompressed issue of Aquaman, where it shows him swimming for five pages, <laughs> is that that doesn't tell me anything about Aquaman, right? And it doesn't tell me anything about the setting, or like a, you know, five pages of wreckage in an issue of Justice League because Brian Hitch likes to draw cities being destroyed, or
0: five pages of not Mister Mrs. Palapidilik <laughs> being villains in Superman in Clark Kent's apartment in National Comics last week. Right or ten pages of Bane f- fighting fucking Bat villains in this issue of Batman.
2: We will. Oh God, we.
0: W- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you, it's a point well taken. Yeah, we're learning so much about these characters in these moments.
2: Mm-hmm. N- enough said. You got me mad, Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm red and nude and I'm I'm mad. I'm getting nude right now. Take
0: those Alex Jones <laughs> supplements. You'll be fine. <laughs> Um, but no, I I think that this is such a uniquely Warren Ellis comic that I, I'm really enjoying it for just how Warren it it is. Like all the themes that he loves are right there. He's doing this at his own pace. There is no wasted motion here. There's there's a sense of urgency, but it's not shown in tr- in the in the pages. I don't know. I just think it's a very It's a comic that could only be made in this very specific circumstance. And there's something fun about that for me.
2: Yeah. And we got Cole Cash.
0: And a a joke about his name.
2: Yes, as you do. Do you think Um, Jim
0: Lee, like, cringes whenever he reads those jokes? (laughs) A single tear falls down his face? Like Ken Griffey Jr. in The Simpsons? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, well, that's a great episode. It is um, has Cole Cash
2: always been a redhead? Because in the New 52, he was blonde, wasn't he?
0: I just remember the New 52, him skiing with guns. <laughs> Everything was done with guns in the New 52. <laughs> that's true. I'm not sure if he was always a redhead or not. Well... Doesn't I mean, happen. I mean, he's been a red face because he has the red mask, but you know. Jeez. Hiyo. All right, let's move on because there's a lot to talk about, and uh, that was a good issue. I can't wait. I I can't wait to sort of dig into when that book starts getting batshit crazy, which is is around the corner. It feels like.
2: What if it never does? What if like she just hangs out in that base and like drinks <laughs> coffee in? Well, and there's like a. There's like a literal like thunderstorm going out of And then on the very last panel of the last issue of the comic, somebody says, wow, that was a real wild storm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> then I applaud Warren Ellis for taking DC's money and doing that. <laughs> and, and, and let's just throw a little bit of love John Davis Hunt's way. This issue oh, looks great.
1: So good.
2: Yeah, I love his art.
1: I do too it's a small thing, but I like how he draws noses. (laughs) They're like, I don't know how to describe them, but they're just like, so like,
2: they make the characters all, all very good looking. Yeah. With that nose. Everybody's handsome or or pretty in this comic.
0: Now, now I'm admiring his noses. Zach, that's a nice call.
1: Yeah. They're all like kind of uh, what's the term? There's like a term for it. Bulbous? <laughs> well, that's not the okay. that's not what I was thinking. Okay. But they I are think- kind of bulbous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're all like I, I feel like every now and then you meet somebody and you don't notice how one of their features until no, they point it out to you. And they're like, Oh my big nose And you're like, You kinda do have a big nose, but it suits you. You know, everybody's big nose suits them here. <laughs> yeah, that brings us to All Star Batman number eight, the Ocho. That's a, uh, it's a dodgeball. I mean, that's a, a basketball <laughs> joke for you guys there, or is it no, dodgeball? That,
2: it's no, dodgeball. It's that's,
0: that's okay, Yeah. Come on. I, I knew it was one of those
2: ball comedies. We, we're we're a big fan of referencing uh, com- comedies from the uh, from the aughts, aren't we? Yeah. Well. <laughs> We're
0: three white guys in our 20s and 30s. This is what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we only have so many cultural
0: touchstones.
2: <laughs> yeah, and one of them is uh, Ben Stiller putting a slice of pizza in his pants. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you could dodge a wrench and dodge a ball. Um, this is written by Scott Snyder. Illustrated by his Giuseppe Camicoli. Um,
2: Camicoli. Giuseppe Camicoli. <laughs> Most
0: <laughs> every week you guys insult my heritage. <laughs> Wait, you're Italian? Yes.
1: Just before we get on here, you're saying you're Irish.
0: You <laughs> I said I'm part domain. Irish. I'm a mutt. I'm an I am an I'm a Western European mutt. Happy St. Uh, Patrick's Day six days ago, guys. Um So, Zach, I want you to start talking about this issue because we were talking about it a bit before.
1: It was was a bit of a drag. Uh, And I was kind of excited for this one because I really like Cammy Coley. um, And I was excited to see him do some DC stuff. And uh, I feel like with this arc, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, um, but the narration style is just... It's just not my thing. It's like... I feel like Snyder's trying to do his do like a uh, a Grant Morrison Arkham Asylum type thing here. Um, man, it just doesn't work.
0: I did like Batman hitting not Nightwing with a flamingo. But what is he? He
1: says something.
0: It's very self-aware.
2: He he, like literally says, "Like I hit him with a flamingo."
0: <laughs> I could see the look in his eyes just before the flamingo hit.
2: Yeah, it's For like, sure. it, have you guys seen the movie Birdman with uh, yes. Michael Keaton? He's like Birdman in this. You know, I could picture Birdman saying, "You know, I hit him with a flamingo."
0: This is my least favorite line in the comics. Comes from the same uh, page. The question: How did I know? Simple, because my family knows how to fucking fight.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Ugh.
1: I feel like that. Yeah, this narration is like a, a darker version of like Lego Batman.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, I guess, if you consider that Batman is supposed to kind of be losing his mind a little, um, in this issue, that makes a little sense. But, um. It's also but just like a
1: really silly conceit. It's like we're supposed to be thinking like that so Mad Hatter is trying to convince Batman that
0: that being Batman is a dream, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that he w- that he like made the I'll become a bat moment happen and everything after that was just a dream. So
2: he's performing an in an inception on Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I wasn't I I loved the art. I really did.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. Even Kem- if Kevin Coley does my least favorite Joker, which is that like late New 52 Joker.
2: I wonder if that was um dictated to him. Yeah. You know? Um
0: with the like um Richard Spencer haircut.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Good. Yes. Oh man! Ugh. Um, ah, you, you shook me there. I'm sorry <laughs> uh, yeah, I it mean it's twisted I, <laughs> yeah, I'm just not a fan of that 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 writing style like i I think Scott Snyder is a very talented writer, but I think he can do dialogue well, and I'm not as big a fan of comics that rely so heavily on this sort of prose style. Um, We've
0: talked about this before in relation we did, we to Snyder. Ta-
2: yeah, it was three issues ago hmm. of this very comic. Um, it's just not the thing that I want in a comic, you know? I know it's still technically a comic, but it's not... I don't know. I don't get anything out of it that I feel like I don't get from... I don't know i don't I don't see how it enhances the the story at hand. The backup was tremendous, yes, the, the backup was my favorite thing that this particular issue of the backup is my favorite thing that all star Batman has done in its first eight issues or whatever it's been. I mean talk about like making you care more about Duke and like giving him a good reason to keep doing what he's doing even though he's got doubts and making that like have a little heart to it. I ha, huh, yeah. And Frank Avia is just the king. He's the king of Batman.
0: He is he, I'm I'm glad that he's back on this book. They that he's back on Batman rather and I'm glad that he's doing these sort of uh small backups. Because it just reminds me of The Black Mirror, obviously. But also, I feel like he's, uh, his work work just, certain artists work really well in small doses. And I feel like his work just really sings in these small doses.
2: And his is the kind of art that you would hate to intercut with a fill-in artist? Yes. Because you're never going to find somebody else that fits.
0: That's very true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
0: Anything else to add? No. All right. Let's move on to Aquaman number 19, written by Dan Abnett, illustrated by Philippe Briones. Uh, This has maybe the worst uh, (laughs) trade dress of any comic in Rebirth. (laughs) Aquamarines worst friends ever (laughs) and then (laughs) and then I'm sorry but is it H
2: 2.0 part 1 is that is that like like that's not supposed to be
0: we just say Mr. Manager I mean we just (laughs) say manager fuck I messed it up yeah you should fuck that up yeah I did
2: (laughs) oh good job Salvatore Yeah. Uh, no, but like, what are they going? Is it like, is it literally like hydrogen 2.0? It's not H2O. I mean, I know it's supposed to be water, but it's not. What's that? Pe- what purpose does that period serve? It's that
0: strange water. Come on. <laughs> this issue, I, and I, I still like this comic, but this issue, I feel like every other box was an editor's note telling <laughs> us something that happened before. And they really need to stop calling everything just something water. 'Cause there was there was Deadwater who's the villain. And then But there... he was made by Strange Water. Yes, yeah, so he was made by Strange Water. Uh,
2: how I how I learned to stop worrying and love the water.
0: And love the water, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strangewater, do you? Doctor Strangewater. <laughs> oh, um, God.
2: I think yeah.
1: this is maybe the first issue that uh, it really lost me. In terms of just, like, enjoying it. Because it's essentially, um, like, if Aquaman was in an Alien or a Predator movie,
0: basically. What if Aquaman was Predator?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because you've got just, you know, generic military guys. Let's go in this base. There's a monster killing everybody. Let's make some bad decisions. and (laughs) Yeah. Rinse yeah with some strange water
2: i i think you're exactly right um yeah i think you nailed that zach i think that's that is what it feels like i think it does a pretty good job of feeling that way but you're right like it is like the there is the whole like dumb decisions trope and then like the somebody gets killed right away trope and then um yeah i don't know um it's okay. It's just not my favorite thing that has happened to Aquaman in the in the post rebirth era.
1: It's also weird because it's bringing back a story from the New 52.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the one of the editors boxes was like this happened in the previous Prior volume. volume. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't I don't give a shit. Then. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Then why am I reading this box? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. It essentially said, like, Jeff Johns took way too long to tell this story in <laughs> Issues Blank, Blank, Blank. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: It might have been uh, Dan. Just, wasn't Dan Abnett writing Aquaman by the oh, end? Oh, you're right. It
0: probably was Abnett. Okay. Yeah.
2: That's right, because but... Bun left early, right?
1: No, yep. Jeff,
0: Jeff Parker left early.
1: No, Bun was the Bun, last... Bun... Bun was, uh... After... Bun was the DCU...
0: Okay, Uh, well, Jeff Parker was before that, then. Yeah, yeah. Because Jeff Parker did did that amazing scene. There was that amazing scene where Aquaman, like, punched a whale Uh (laughs) in such a Jeff Parker way. Uh Uh-huh. That I'll always remember and hold in my heart. Yeah. All right, well, that brings us to Vince's favorite book of the week, Batman number 19. Written by Tom King, illustrated by David Finch. Holy shit. This was a bad comic. This,
2: I want you guys to talk about it first. But this is this was probably my least favorite. (laughs) I've said this before. This is my least favorite issue of Tom King's Batman so far. See, that's
1: that's funny because I think, like, I don't I don't even think this is the worst issue of this arc. Really? Yeah. I mean, this issue like was to me like compared to some of the other ones was relatively inoffensive.
0: It's just such a waste of time. It, oh, it, it is, yes.
1: but it's like, but it's there's no like weird parroting between there's, characters. There, you know. Oh, okay, okay. Like,
0: As you say that, I am looking at a page where Solomon Grundy says, "I am an, I am fine. Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday," and this other guy says, "I am I'mendala. I don't know what rhymes with I'mendala." That's but that's different than Bat Cat. Up okay, now. okay i just scrolled yes, i scrolled less than a page down and bane says i am torment i am ruin i am plague i am venom i am bane that's
1: still different that's that's one character monologuing versus two characters <laughs> playing this terrible little word dance that uh, i think it's uh, it's just different
0: to me and then you get scarecrow just listing off fears
2: Yeah, okay, okay, all right. Maybe the issue of, like, the Bruce and Bane mom stuff was worse. It was (laughs) dead. To me, that was the low point. Mother, mommy. Mommy, mother. But each page of this issue pissed me off more and more (laughs) than the one that came before. It's just so over the top. So... Beyond over the top. Just Two-Face. Just, like, ranting about all the stuff he wants to do to Batman, you know? And then, like, Bane just walking around punching everybody and saying, <laughs> I, saying things like, I am Bane, or I offer pain, I am venom. Just everything he says is, you know... I give night I don't have nightmares I give wait wait yeah. hold on hold on I don't have nightmares I give nightmares
0: <laughs>
2: you know and like when the nightmares begin <laughs> I was done <laughs> I'm going to read the whole comic using the Tom Hardy Bane voice mm. I I will say <laughs> I, I did do, it
1: I think the one thing about this issue that I Like, conceptually, is the idea that he, like, thinks he is in the right here. You know? Like, that he's the victim,
0: I guess. He's essentially Al Pacino in The Godfather 3. Just when I thought I was out, he pulled me back in.
2: (laughs) I know what you're saying, Zach, but then he's so cartoonish as he goes about it.
1: Exactly. It's all about the execution. Like... Yes. And I feel like that's been the you know the recurring thing in in Tom King's Batman run like conceptually there are some good ideas but it's all squandered on the really bizarre execution
2: yeah yeah that's i mean that's a, that's a keen point i feel like we could we can say that every time we read this book you know that that man if it wasn't for just the torturous dialogue or if it wasn't for how over the top this particular scene was, you might have something here, you know? I mean, um, David
0: Finch's artwork is as over the top as King's dialogue, though.
2: Yeah, that doesn't help. I mean, but I feel like they're feeding off one another, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, maybe I texted you guys this or maybe I tweeted it, but it takes a lot to make a Bane that is more cartoonish than the Tom Hardy Bane and the Batman and Robin Bane combined, but he did it. And I know that this is a cartoon. Like, and I know that sometimes, I know that sometimes when we review these comics, we get off on um, comics that go over the top, you know, when they have fun. But this isn't fun. This is like over the top and as grim as can be, you know? And yet, somehow makes time for another reference to Adam West Batman, <laughs> which makes me wonder: is that is that being intention is that intentionally done as like a inside joke to incorporate the various versions of Batman? Well, or
0: wasn't that our is, theory that this was like? Um...
2: It's it's what if Adam's Adam West Batman were written by Frank Miller?
0: Right, exactly. That's, yeah, yeah,
2: but but. Now I'm thinking, you know, it's happening so often. Could it be that this is like when issue 21 hits or whatever?
0: 22.
2: Could 20? 20, God damn it. I can't get that right. <laughs> um, could it be that there's something more going on there? Like, is this even the same Batman that we're reading in other books? I'm not convinced.
0: I actually had that thought when I read <laughs> Superman this week. Oh, maybe Tom King's Batman is the different Batman that has to be merged with the Batman from the other books.
2: What if this is the original Batman? What if this is like, (laughs) you could probably easily disprove why this isn't the case because I haven't thought about this theory at all. But what if this is the pre-Flashpoint Batman and he's so over the top because he's lived 80 years of stories (laughs) and he just can't, he's warped into this twisted old man.
0: So he's Batman Beyond Batman before he has to stop. Uh...
2: He's Lego Batman with no sense of humor.
0: Yeah. And worse abs.
2: <laughs> he doesn't have that ninth abs. Exactly.
0: And, I mean,
2: anything I, else to say? I could say <laughs> I could talk about this book forever.
0: I mean, it just.
2: I think we're <laughs> destined to do this forever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, oh. All
2: right, that's a good. That's a good place to. I end. just want to
0: lie here with my friend.
2: <laughs> okay,
0: let's move on to a much much better comic. Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Number uh, number six, I guess. Yeah, number six. Yeah. yeah. Written by Gerard Way and John Rivera, illustrated by Michael Avon Oming.
1: I think this is the best one so far.
0: Every issue keeps getting better and better, guys. Mm-hmm. this is so much fun they essentially eat magic mushrooms <laughs> and then the book starts like warping and getting all weirder than it already was and that's saying something there's an incredible incredible line by Wild Dog in this issue <laughs> where, where they're like do you have a, a grenade launcher in that bag of guns and he goes no and they're very hard to get think about that the next time you vote <laughs> I laughed out loud reading that line. It was so great!
1: Oh. He has a lot of great lines in this issue. He
0: does. He does. He's uh he's really well used in this book.
2: Yeah, and there's there's a lot of good callbacks too. Like when Cave's eye explodes, and then he's mm-hmm. like in a daze, and he's talking about Superman again. Right. Yeah. Like I, that, they've gotten a lot of mileage out of that joke. The joke that like. That he knows um, Superman. Yeah, that he knows Superman. Yeah. and uh, But it's funny every time.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also really liked uh, when... <laughs> just go back to Wild Dog again. When he throws the bomb and he says, Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 it's, just, it's just so good. <sighs> Man, I... Uh, I am loving, loving, loving this book. And then again, superpowers. <laughs> End
1: of volume one. What does that mean? I think, I
0: think he's taking a break for a few months. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Um, as long as he comes back. Is, yeah.
1: Do you think Super War is going to be like a thing?
0: I think that's going to be the next arc of it. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> man.
1: Oh, I love like. Frumpy Batman. Like. <laughs> We're all second place. Or I guess, no, that was Wonder Woman you that know, said that.
2: But... Yeah. yeah, silver medals. Yeah. yeah. Batman wearing the medal around his neck. <laughs> yeah. yes. It's just a funny image. It is. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh-huh.
2: but And I love how, like, they say, you know, we're, this is the first Swarte in a much larger war. And uh, Batman says, if we're in a war, who's the enemy? Who are we fighting? Like, they're just... I, I, this is one of those comics where it's just matter of fact. Like, Batman doesn't even know he's in a war, but he's like, "All right, who's the enemy? We're, <laughs> yep. Who are we fighting?" They just take it take it as fact, and I and then the uh, the twins, um, uh, the Wonder Twins, sort of taking their classic form uh-huh. as they as they leave their home planet or whatever
1: yeah yeah I feel like I need to go back and reread these again because at first I thought you know they were all kind of like these disparate little like one page things, but now it's yeah there's like clearly
0: they're... some connection, yeah 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 it's it's so great though, so so great, it's
2: insane that something like this exists, <laughs>
0: yeah. It, I mean, it, it, it looks does. like
2: it looks like a fanzine, you know. It looks like a fan
0: yeah. comic. I love it. And I want to say that Shioli is still doing his uh, crayon layer mm. on these on these pages. So it looks like it. Yeah, which is so great. Um, yeah, young animals, the best guys.
1: It really is. I think the only thing that can top it is these Hanna-Barbera crosshairs.
2: <laughs>
0: Next week, baby.
2: Oh,
1: man.
0: Oh, you're kidding me. I am going to uh, make my entire family sit down and read this Plus <laughs> comic with me. Oh,
2: no.
0: <laughs> Amelia, you'll be five soon. You have to know about McCarthyism. <laughs> uh. Let's read this comic and then watch Goodnight and Good Luck.
1: Are you yeah, are you going to make no. them read the Suicide Squad banana splits that comes before that?
0: <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, uh, that brings us to Green Arrow number nineteen, written by Ben Percy, illustrated by who did this issue again? Same same person last week.
1: Same same one. Yeah, Leonora yeah. yeah. Carlini.
0: Um, Carlini. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought this issue did a really nice job of establishing this relationship.
2: Yeah, I did too. I Zach? thought it was fine. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like you're hedging. Yeah.
0: I mean, I love it. I feel like this comic is... I've said this before. like it's 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 always good, never great. But I did think it showed a side of Roy Harper we haven't seen in Rebirth or the New 52. I think it gave him a whole lot more personality and import than we've seen him get. And you guys know I'm a big Roy Mark, so that, that works for me. Um, but I also think it uh You know, it's it's hard to rip a story from the headlines in comics and not make it just seem totally cheesy. And not that this was a perfect uh version of that, but I thought that the storyline feels it doesn't feel as like certain stories just feel timestamped like with the with the date and this will never be relevant after this point. I feel like this story is is enough to uh has enough of its own thing to survive even after the Dakota Access Pipeline is a forgotten thing in history.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's fair.
2: Yeah, and I think the scenes with uh Roy and his drug use were pretty evocative.
0: Um he didn't try and shoot a cat. <laughs> Not on panel anyway. That's true.
1: I need to I need them to make that rebirth canon
2: though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so
1: I hope that does happen in, in an upcoming issue. So you need
2: a you need a four issue crossover that shows why these are act- the, like we're gonna merge the old Roy with the new one, right? I need
1: I need JT Kroll to come on and and oh, co-write no. a a four-issue event mini.
0: Oh boy! <laughs> so what you need is first you have to see Roy's daughter brought back into the picture to kill her again, <laughs> and then I, I need the
1: the new Fifty Two versions of Roy and his daughter who doesn't exist, and then the pre-New 52 versions and I need them to merge.
0: Remember there was that really good convergence miniseries based around Roy? No. No? (laughs) It was about him like he tries to bring Leon back from the dead. If you say so. It was good.
2: We split those up and so I don't really remember a lot of
1: Yeah, I don't think I read all of them. Oh. It's it's a blur.
0: I guess it really you should be. We want to talk be.
1: about craziness. Like that was a I we're doing Rebirth now but Convergence
0: that was that this was a trip. whirlwind. <laughs> yeah. You got to realize though we're we are reading way more books now every week than we would have if we just read all the Convergence books. <laughs> I
2: know. Remember when we complained about how much we had to read for Villains Month because we all read... we,
0: we all read, read like four issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we were writing about them. We were yes, and that's we're, difficult. It is. It's not that difficult. <laughs> we were just babies. Uh anyway, that brings us to Green Lanterns number nineteen, written by Sam Humphries, illustrated by uh Ronan Cliquet. Cliquet. Can we talk
2: can we talk first about the um cover of this issue, which looks like a
0: nineteen nineties new metal album cover? <laughs> I feel like this looks like a, um, like a print from a comic con in 1998. <laughs> it, lo- it looks like when you were just learning how to do like digital
2: yeah. art CGI, and they mm-hmm. were like, like it looks like a t- if if a Green Lantern comic was also a tool album cover, or like a uh,
0: a really shitty PC game. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like yep. Simon's head is weirdly narrow. It's I feel narrow.
2: Like. <laughs> it looks like a dildo. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes. But he kind of has like a hook, like a, like a uh, like a parrot's beak thing going on too. <laughs> and and I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, and the, what's the guardian, name?
2: the guardian is coming. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This I was going to say that Jessica was giving giving you the eye, literally. Like <laughs> you know, she winked and it went green.
1: <laughs> this book's really bad. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. This was a t- this was holy shit. I I know we waffled back and forth as to whether this was going to be good or not, and like sometimes we would. I mean, we've pretty consistently said it's not very good. But I feel like we were always, like, hedging it just a little with, like, oh, it's so... It's, it's like, close, though. But it's not close. <laughs> it's not close to being a good book. Nope. It's, it's Dr. Polaris dressed as uh, Marty McFly. <laughs> um, Doc, are you trying to tell <laughs> me there's
0: no cure for brain cancer? That's <laughs> <laughs> a really good impression. Thank you. It's my favorite movie, after all, so... Is it really? It is. Is it really? Yeah.
1: Like favorite, favorite.
0: I feel like it's it's my comfort food movie. Mm. Like if if I was if I could only watch one movie for the rest of my life, it would be that movie. Uh, Dang. But, hey, it, it has it has peak Leah Thompson in that yeah. dress from the from the enchantment of the sea dance. Okay, mm-hmm. it has I a hu- it yeah. is a Huey Lewis cameo. Okay. <laughs> It has the world's largest guitar amp and tiniest guitar in the same scene. It it has it has uh, Marty hanging onto the back of a truck on a skateboard. It has uh, that great flotation device line. Darth Vader makes a cameo line in the movie. Some Van Halen humor. Come on, guys, what's not to love? Uh, it's no Borat. <laughs> Very nice. That was more interesting than this comic. It certainly That's was. True. Let's not even talk anymore about it. Garbage. Garbage. I don't think we can
1: make it through a podcast without referencing Borat.
0: <laughs> we have a sign now X weeks without a Borat reference, and every every week we take down the number. Uh, the X Smash. <laughs> uh. So, Vince, did you read Harley Quinn this week? No, no. Good, moving on. No. Um, Justice League, number 17, written by Brian Hitch, illustrated by Fernando Pissarin. Um, Weird Reborn tie-in. Yeah, there's... Uh, I, f- I feel like that dialogue bubble was way smaller originally, and some <laughs> editor was like, you gotta fit all this shit in there about uh, Reborn. <laughs>
1: Also you have to say reborn. <laughs> uh,
0: this is not I, the worst this book has been. It's
1: really not. I actually am like kind of enjoying this a little bit. It feels like uh like an episode of Doctor Who.
2: Like Oh, that's you- why I don't like it. Is it? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I like Doctor Who just fine. I've never seen a minute of Doctor Who.
1: This feels like uh just some like really watching Back
0: to the Future. Sorry. This is
1: this is just some, you know, really like this is like a good filler episode of Doctor Who pretty much. And I don't mean good in like quality, just like, you know, <laughs> reliable.
0: Yeah. Right. I feel like the biggest problem, we've said this before, is that these are like the most epic stories being told, but there's no consequences for any of these stories. We know that. This is not tying into anything.
2: Yeah, and and I think, you know, they purport to be epic, but they don't even really feel... Like, everyone's talking about the massive consequences of the timey-wimey that's going on, and... I don't feel any of that. This right. is the le- This is like the least emotional comic. This comic was at its peak when uh, Barry Allen was trying to date Jessica because that was when you felt like any of these characters had a pulse. And I don't feel that lately. And I I'm kind of like, checked out because of it.
1: I feel like the Brainiac 5 cyborg scenes really work.
2: I just want Brainiac 5 back. Yeah. Don't we all? I think we do.
1: Yeah. I mean... I think the stuff with Superman and the big baby are really interesting. (laughs) Because it is kind of like seemingly tying into Reborn and, and there's... There's some good Superman. I think this is maybe, like, the best Superman has been in this book, because he's, like, his most superman
0: Yeah. And there's the ending. What happened in the end again? How we, um... We find out the one lady is the daughter of Lex Luthor. Yeah. Oh...
1: And then next issue...
0: Bat-Luthor.
1: (laughs) Bat-Luthor.
0: To be honest, I think it's partially because we obviously have Superboy Prime on the brain. When I first saw the armor, I thought it was Superboy Prime's armor. And I I got really excited. That would have been
1: so cool.
0: (laughs) But, you know, again, my enthusiasm let me down.
1: Isn't it weird how we're just like seeing Superboy Prime everywhere? (laughs)
0: Like Like, when you break up with somebody? (laughs)
2: I'll get over you. I I know know I will. will. I'll pretend I punched the
0: source wall,
2: (laughs) and I'll tell myself
0: he'd be the king of like constant bitching. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Fanboy bitching, maybe. Yeah,
2: yeah. There you Uh, go. All right, we'll, yep. we'll write that
0: up off the off yeah, the air. Yeah, we'll bring it to you next week, fully produced. <laughs> uh, that brings us to. No West isn't doing anything lately, right? No, I mean, we... we could totally get them on the show. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm not gonna actually bet five dollars, but I bet five dollars I could get them on the show if we wanted to. all right. That brings us to Nightwing, number seventeen. Uh, written by Tim Seeley, illustrated by is this hobby Fernandez? Yes, I thought so um God damn, this is a good issue.
1: This mm-hmm. is an issue
2: yeah, uh. holy shit, like this book is just like rock and roll man it's it's um it never stops, and I love the the image of Damien tied up with the fake smile from the Grant Morrison stuff from the Dr. Hurt stuff. Yep. And then the very next panel is him like in the current era smiling. And that like, that's just that Javi Fernandez does such a great job of that. Like juxtaposing panels like that. And, um, (sighs) God, I just love the way that I love the, this is this is what superhero comics should be. You know, I feel like Tim Seeley, the writing and the art, basically every artist that he's worked with so far have just been so in sync as far as how the storytelling matches, you know, how the storytelling is accomplished with the art and the writing. Yep. It's just firing on all cylinders. This is doing what, like something like, uh, you know, Justice League feels very, soulless to me this feels like it constantly has soul to it um oh just even though, all the time yeah. yeah just all the time even though this is like mostly a fight scene you know but like but not
0: only that but you know it's, it's personal it's personal and i feel like it's, it's very easy to knock a book for just referencing a run that happened before it and so much of this, especially this arc, is obviously a Grant Morrison um homage. But Sealy does it in such a way where it feels like he's adding to the story, not just referencing it. Yeah.
1: He uh he's got Damien's voice down pretty well. And like and and for this arc to be called Nightwing Must Die and to, to reference the Batman and Robin Must Die arc in a yep. way that's like meaningful, not just <laughs> Not just referencing, it you know. Ex- yeah, yeah. It's exactly you're right.
0: And I loved, like, you know, we don't get, we don't get sincere Damien all that often. I, when he said, "I am Damien Wayne, I am the Robin to Batman," we were the greatest together, Grayson. <laughs> like that, that was a, that was an amazing moment. He said that before too. Like I know. That, yeah, that's referencing
2: something he said prior. Which is just amazing. Um, yeah. That little detail most people wouldn't even remember that, you know. Yeah, man,
0: it's good. Yeah, so good. I feel like if you had if you had gone back in time and asked us, like which is the which is the magic part of the Tim Seely Tom King writing partnership, we'd have, we would all have been wrong. King. Yeah, we'd have all been King. We'd all been wrong. Yep.
2: I don't know, I've always liked uh, Tim Seeley. I though. like
0: Sealy fine, but but there's something about this that just... He he truly gets the character. Mm-hmm. And he truly gets the world he inhabits. Yeah. The world yeah. he inhabits. The, the world. world. I can't wait for this dick to get merged with, with Deathwing. <laughs> the next issue. Oh my god, what if that's what this is? It's not, but what if it is?
1: Do we do we know who all these different dicks are? <laughs>
0: it's just a bag of dicks?
1: <laughs> just a bag of dicks on yeah. on this page with
0: Um, I actually really like that page. Let me go back to it. It's um, gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Oh it's yeah. so
2: good. He's got one of his um uh I forget what they're called, the sticks though. Come, coming right out of his dick, though he does. Just, <laughs> is that. that? I feel like that was an action
1: figure, wasn't it? Wasn't there that like Legends of the Dark Knight toy line where there was like a pirate?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Is that I, that? I I had a bunch of
0: those. Yeah, maybe that is.
2: Hold on, I'm gonna.
0: I mean, obviously that's his Robin in the back, right? When he was Robin. Yeah, but even there, there's is like it... shoulder pads thing going on. Yeah, I thought yeah. that
1: actually might have been like Earth Two.
0: Robin. Oh, it could a like, grown up Robin? It could yeah. be. Yeah. I like the outsiders Robin on the front there. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Look at the pony boy. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like
1: that logo on that the, the black and red Robin or whatever that guy is, like that uh kind of like cross like T? The T the T with like the, the side
0: wings. Uh-huh. The,
1: I feel like I've seen that logo before, but I can't remember where.
0: And I almost feel like front dick is <laughs> Front Dick. <laughs> is like a we are robin robin. Mm. Mm-hmm. Outsider's dick. Yeah, outsiders
2: dick. Not the not Batman <laughs> and the Outsiders. No, no, S E Hinton. Yeah,
0: yeah. yes. <laughs> talking to Cherry Valance, the dinosaur blonde, nothing gold, yep. gold say, etc.
2: Yep, yep. Soda <laughs> pop.
0: Yep. Pony boy. Mm -hmm.
2: Nothing gold can stay. Stay gold, pony boy.
0: We're doing for Johnny.
2: Yep. Man, greasers were dumb. (laughs) What a dumb time. Hey, sit on it, okay?
0: (laughs) Sit on it, Potsy. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) All right. Anything else to say about this issue? It's really good. I mean,
1: yeah, just like. I feel like there's almost too much to say like what are the like the implications of this issue like Dick is gets cut by a knife that makes him see the multiverse and like I mean
0: Damien sees it too
1: yeah he sees it too yeah One of I, love, I love
2: how there's Frank quietly Damien in there yes and
1: I thought that was like Dick's perspective looking at Damien
0: oh it could be um but I did like how there's the Batman uh the the Future Damien is Batman there too, uh-huh, yeah, Yep. with the sort of racial ghoul uh collar, yeah, man,
2: what a oh man i- I love iconography like that, yes so, so so yeah, like I just think that was a cool like it doesn't matter what the point of all of that was, it's just a cool idea, but what do you guys think is actually going on here?
1: Does Professor Pig remember?
2: That's a good question. That's kind of what I'm Yeah, like like how how is that accomplished or or or
0: Or is he just is he just supposed to be seeing like possibilities? Yeah. Or hallucinations and we're just, you know.
2: And they're just they just use iconography that we would recognize because but there's just like so much like I mean
1: there there are like there's like the multiple worlds imagery in that one scene, and he, like, talks about, like, the ocean of worlds, which I feel like is a term that we've heard before, maybe. Probably
0: from Grant Morrison.
1: Probably from, yeah, exactly, like, I
2: don't know. Yeah, and those characters are, like, you know, essentially actors, but they're being taught to say things that are, like, strangely
0: prescient, Yeah. you know? Do you know when when the one When the fake Damien pulled off his mask It reminded me of that Time in the Simpsons when that old man played Lisa Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> God there's our Simpsons reference For that well I'm sure we've already we, we, I parts. think we've already
0: done at least one But yeah there it is though Check Check the box Yeah <laughs>
1: The DC Three Cast drinking game. Yeah. If you are yeah. all still conscious.
0: Borat reference. My wife. Uh, that is, which is also a Borat. But, but, but we're not referencing Borat. We're referencing, no, we're referencing comedy Bang Bang. Bang, Bang, Bang. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Simpsons reference. Uh, me saying this is a garbage comic.
1: Me uh, saying this is fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Vince referencing the Packers in some way. That's really more on Twitter. But you I know. don't do that. Yeah, I don't do that on the show. Please. We reference, you referencing the Packers.
2: Yeah, exactly. You're, you think I'm some sort of psycho. <laughs> I just uh, think you have Pack Fever. I do. I do. I pack, Somebody pack
1: breaks out fe- into song.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's always, yeah, there's a song. There's, um, uh. One of uh, us
0: references Tom King. Yeah. Well, yeah. we have
2: to do that every other week, so. Yeah, but
0: even Even the weeks we don't have to, we do.
2: On on the off weeks, we often compare, we compare the worst of DC Rebirth to Tom King's Batman to decide whether we, whether it's truly a dumpster comic or not. Right. Somebody Um, out
1: there on Twitter is going to turn this into the DC3Cast drinking game and tweet it at us.
2: Let's be honest, it's going to be Frank Leminski. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be Frank Leminski. Frank,
0: Frank, if you need some extra boxes on the drinking game square, you can email us and we'll help you out with them, so... Uh right. anyway, let's let's wrap this up. We've been talking for uh an hour and a half now, a little more. Uh let's talk about Trinity number seven, a fill in issue written by Colin Bunn, illustrated by Clay Mann and Miguel Mendoca Mendoca. Mendaka I'm sorry. Mendoza. Mendoza. Uh maybe. The accent on the C. Oh that's true, yes. I didn't even see that. I thought that was just one of the stars in the background. Um so this is essentially a weirder version of Red Hood and the Outlaws right now. <laughs> Red Hood because and the Outlaws the, is the Dark Trinity.
2: Because the concept of trinity isn't uh, you know, enough, isn't enough fodder for more than 6 issues. <laughs> we have we need this now. This is this is we're hiring Cullen Bunn, so he's got to write the villains, not the heroes.
0: Yeah. Somebody liked his Magneto series, or Sinestro. Yeah. Um, so like I I don't hate the idea, on the surface, of a Lex Rache, team up, or at least an interaction, as I can't recall seeing those two characters interact before. So I don't I don't hate that, but what's the point of this comic? <laughs> I'm that sure I'm question. sure
2: I'm sure we'll find out, but a lot of readers won't because this is where they've jumped off. Is this a two parter? No, I don't
1: think so. I think, I think this next ends week's, the story, yeah. Yeah, next week or not next week, but next month is a reborn aftermath tie in.
2: So is the point of it saying that these characters are icons and they're just always going to be doing what they're doing throughout history? I mean, they essentially, at the end of the issue, they find... They find the painting from the end of Ghostbusters 2?
0: <laughs> damn it. That's what this was! Yeah. All yep. you're missing is Bill Murray making a shitty joke about the Fettuccini Brothers, and this is the exact scene from the end of Ghostbusters 2. <sighs>
2: You know, we really could have a millennial podcast if it wasn't for you, Brian.
0: <laughs> You're skewing a little bit old with these <laughs> these references. I'm sorry, I saw Ghostbusters two in the theater, guys. Okay, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh jeez. I was seven. Fuck off. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> but no, yeah. Sorry, that is the end of Ghostbusters two. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, know I love know. I know. Um. But my- like. <laughs> Honestly, like the, the idea of the Pandora Pits is... Okay, so one of the things I like that DC does is I like when DC occasionally will take a bit of their history and they'll twist it in a way that is referential to the past but still introduces a new idea. For instance, the fact that there's this new Titans-Destro crossover is called The Lazarus Contract, which is a reference to the Judas Contract, a classic story involving these same characters. Like that's a that's a fine use of an old intellectual property being brought to something new. This is just like just taking the name of another character and shoving it in front of Pitt, right? Yeah, yeah, and and
2: and Pandora, <laughs> really.
0: Like, Chef John's read this and was like, I just zapped that stupid character out of existence.
2: I liked
1: how some say she's still out there. No, no no one says that. No one is saying
0: that. She gone. It's a Hawk Harrelson reference in case that's on the uh, drinking game there. She gone. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I don't get this. I don't understand what the point of this issue was. I also feel like somehow the composite Trinity was even dumber than I thought it was going to be. Oh, my gosh. Like, part of the fun of the composite Superman is just how ridiculous it is. Mm -hmm. And this had none of the camp and tongue-in-cheekness that composite Superman has.
2: No. No. Yeah, this was just kind of a baffling and very forgettable. Um, I mean, I'm I'm being serious when I say I would not be surprised if a lot of readers jump off here and say. Because the, that first arc wasn't anything special either.
1: I think we're going to get a big event book with Clayman, uh, the artist. I,
0: I wouldn't so. hate that. He's fine.
2: I like Clayman.
1: He just has a he has a style that reminds me of um kind of um like late aughts era Marvel event books. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah I could see that.
1: He draws a nice Lex Luthor.
0: Yeah. I um I feel like this is <laughs> Actually... So, Let's go, go for it.
1: Well, I just realized this. What? This reminds me of like
0: the end uh, of Ghostbusters too. Yeah, we no, talked no, about no, that. No.
1: Like uh, like Bendis, Dark Rain, that stuff. Oh yeah.
2: no! <laughs> Don't say that.
1: That's what it reminds me of. Because like this racial goal is like uh, like Loki.
0: No, I can like, see they, that.
1: Like the the. the, the Yeah, like, it's you know, it's like the villains meeting up and, like,
2: Sleuthers, Doctor
1: Doom. That's what this reminds me of. That's why I'm getting that late, that that Marvel's event vibe.
0: Yep. That was a time.
1: That was the thing that happened.
0: It (laughs) certainly was. Um, What I was going to say is, though, I feel like this issue right here is the reason that certain books should not be monthly. And I don't mean they should ship consistently off peak, but like when that first arc was over, there's really no reason for this issue. And there's no reason for the Superman reborn tie in next month. So just take two months off. Yeah.
1: What you don't know is that the, the Trinity issue is where we find out who Mr. Oz is. (laughs) Oh,
0: Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: who Dr. Oz is
2: (laughs) were that that were the case
1: are we gonna like we should do odds on like what issue we're gonna find that out is it gonna be an action next week
0: I kind of think it's gonna be
1: I kind of I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see it till the button
0: the button (laughs) the button
2: yeah you think it's gonna be next week Brian I do think
0: it's gonna be next week
2: Man. Here's why I think that. Because you didn't get action comics in the dump of comics? I know. You haven't gotten that yet. No,
0: I'll get that tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but no, I think because if you look at the connecting covers for this, Mr. Oz is featured prominently. Mm. And I feel like it wouldn't be a big... If this story didn't have anything to do with him, they wouldn't have put him on one of the covers. There's There's no benefit to that. It's a good point. It's compelling. It's also probably wrong. I mean, <laughs> I, I'll firmly admit that I don't believe that... I believe I'm full of shit, but... I just feel like especially... I can't imagine DC thinking that Mr. Mitsipedaluk, God bless you, was yeah. like... What would be this hugely satisfying reveal. So uh-huh. I feel like maybe he was the... Uh, you know, he, he was the... The Shot, of... here's the chaser. Exactly, yeah.
2: Sorry, I'm an alcoholic. That's okay. You're not.
1: He's got to be Superboy Prime. <laughs> you remember what I said that about?
0: <laughs> that was awesome. I feel like if this was. I'm trying to think of the exact year. Let's go with like nineteen ninety three six Superman there'd be all these like you would you'd be wondering them with the same cast of characters is it the Eradicator is it Cyborg Superman but it would be somebody named Zorm which is Mr. Oz backwards <laughs> and it would be a new character and it would be like pushed as this earth shattering new character and then we'd never hear from Zorm again <laughs> wait so Grant Morrison's X-Men or Oh. Is... No, like a, like a Superman book from that era.
2: Yeah. Wait, so you mean like when uh, Dan Jurgens invented a character named Zayd <laughs> and nobody
0: cared about him? Uh...
1: What if Mr. Oz is Electric Blue Superman?
0: <laughs> I'd be cool with that.
2: That wouldn't make... What know. if
1: Mr. Oz is the big robot guy from Our World's at War. (laughs) What if Mr. Oz...
2: (laughs) What if Mr. Oz is a wheelchair-bound inmate at an HBO-based prison that narrates DC (laughs) Rebirth for us?
0: What if Mr. Oz is bringing the classic... Uh, Wizard of Oz characters into the DC universe, much like how the Hanna Barbera characters are coming in next week.
2: <laughs> what if Mr. Oz is is Doctor Oz, and all of our Freudian slips across the last several podcasts have been true? It was all subliminal.
0: What if Mr. Oz is Mr. Bean, and he does some hilarious physical comedy for us?
2: <laughs> it started with a sneeze. <laughs> What if uh, what if Mr. Oz is Ozzy Osborne and he bites the head off of Damien?
0: What if Mr. Oz is Sharon Osborne and she yells at Ozzy Osborne the whole time?
2: <laughs> what if what, what
1: if, if Mr. Oz is both of the Osborne children merged?
0: What if Mr. Oz is the third Osbourne? is the third Osborne child who refuses to appear on camera? <laughs>
2: What if Mr. Oz is Ozzy Osbourne and all of his dialogue after he removes his hood is like. Sharon!
0: Sharon! What if Mr. Oz is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to The Secret of the Ooze? What if... I
1: really liked that movie as a Show child. Ninja
0: go, Ninja Go! Yeah. Saw that in the movie theater too. I'm old as fuck. You
1: remember the one where they go back in time and they're samurai instead of ninjas? Yep. Turtles in Time. Turtles
0: three, Turtles in Time, yeah.
2: Turtles three tur- Yes, Turtles in Time, yeah.
1: It was I don't remember, but I imagine it was probably pretty culturally insensitive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if Mr. Oz is Kevin Eastman?
2: What if Mr. Oz is Kevin Nash, the wrestler that appeared in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles?
1: What if Mr. Oz is Kevin Bacon and we're going to play Nine Degrees of of Multiversal Separation?
0: <laughs> what if Mr. Oz has an uh... iPad?
2: <laughs> what if Mr. Oz...
1: Imagine yeah, if, if Mr. Oz was
2: Seinfeld. <laughs> and uh and and he yeah, he shows up and he goes, What's the deal with uh it's
0: Superman Reborn?
1: <laughs> okay, so if Mr. Oz is Seinfeld,
0: who is Kramer? Uh, Kramer is uh, Mr. Mitzpilik. Obviously, he rushes in. Nobody wants him there. <laughs> yeah, Super Superboy
2: Prime is George Costanza because he he, he complains about everything. Which and... means Dan DiDio
0: is is George Steinbrenner. <laughs> Do you think the nerve disease is contagious?
2: Big DiDio can't be flopping into twitching. <laughs>
0: Does that mean Superman is Newman? <laughs> 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 Follow us on Twitter. Evan Bryan Brian needs a nap. <laughs> Vincent says underscore Ostrowski. Zach is at superbox 89 We've got it saying goodnight. <laughs>